with someone that I used to thrive on, you know, the hot mess express. And I would say, you know, I, I do great under pressure. Like this is where I shine. And I did, but it was at the cost of what, you know, that, you know, I didn't have that peace of mind that when it came to maybe, you know, like, you know, being on a date night, I felt like I wasn't present because my mind was elsewhere. I know you talk about women work and and how you do help them through that process as a wholeness strategist. Mm-hmm. What would you say to anyone trying to go through that healing process? What would you say the first two steps are for them to really start that healing process um, and to get whole again? I truly believe, and this is, you know, like, I feel that, we really have to just look inward and really find know that we're not in this world alone that we have created so i think it really starts with our self-image our self-image as women because you know we are our self-image is really you know uh, shown to us at an early age that's through our parents that's through our backgrounds and everything so when we're coming you know what is our self-image you know are you someone that has you know a self-image that is limiting you you know has you know fear surrounding you or is your self-image of you know growth so those are the first step you know where assessing where you are in your life you know having that self-awareness where am i and also where do you want to go so having those two where are you assessing where where you are and where you want to go and the second part would, would be how do i get to where i want to be you know and that could be with anything in life you know let's say you want to start a business you want to you know be in a healthy relationship it's really assessing that first being aware and then dreaming designing where you want you know what to be and then figure out who you need to become to get that so in in a in a essence that's where i would you know say to anyone that is looking to overcome those hurdles you know it's like where are you in your life and allow yourself to really dream up where you want to be and you know develop the skills that you need to get there that being said how has women's school helped you shape you to the person you are today i mean as i'm listening um it's almost like you you went through that transformation journey to mm-hmm. Peru to not wanting to get married at mm-hmm. all and now loving the process obviously um how has women's school or womanhood in general mm-hmm. helped shape you as a person or has it not impacted you at all oh it has definitely shaped me into the person and i don't think i've you know i've arrived i constantly think like you know i okay, this is the current dream that i have you know in my in the face of my life um you know and there's still yet for me to do there's still so much for me to grow but you know talking about the woman's school it, it was truly when i you know decided to take on the woman's school i was at a point that i knew i needed a way to level up at a higher capacity because I wasn't able to do it on my own. And then again, this was kind of the limiting belief that I can do it all. I can be able to just be the entrepreneur, the mom and the wife, you know, you know, even listen to myself 
self-help books and everything, I got this. I'm like, it all falls on me, right? But I have learned through this journey that, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You, there are tried and true ways to really level up your skill sets in your journey. And that's through mentorship and that's through accountability. So I mean, the women's school for me has a, been a great mentorship for me to just really um, be, become self-aware of where I was. And, you know, again, designing where I want to be or where I want to go in this phase of my life and giving me the skills that I had to really learn to get there. And that was through routine. You know, I was someone that I used to thrive on, you know, the hot mess express. And I would say, you know, I, I do great under pressure. Like this is where I shine. And I did. But it was at the cost of what, you know, that, you know, I didn't have that peace of mind that when it came to maybe, you know, like, you know, being on a date night, I felt like I wasn't present because my mind was elsewhere. So what has been the biggest gift through this, you know, women's school journey was that I am now able to just be self-aware, you know, where, when I'm not being present and when I am. Because that was something that, uh, you know, I felt like I wasn't paying attention to maybe my kids because I was thinking of, of, you know, a business call that I had to jump on or, you know, during date night or, or time quality time with my husband, I was, you know, scroll trolling or whatever. So now I'm more disciplined and it's like, this is, you know, the time with my kids and I do not pay attention to anything else. That is my gift to them. That is my time with them. When I'm with my husband, I am with him. I am not looking at my phone. I am not taking a phone call. I am dedicating my time with him. And when I'm in with my business, that's my business. I'm not taking, you know, personal calls. I am not taking, so it has really helped me to just be, um, become more intentional in how I utilize my time. I love it. I. You know, we talk about mindfulness, being in the present, especially in our personal lives. Mm -hmm. But I think it has to be said, translated into the business where we are keeping time away. Mm -hmm. Family time is different and then business time is different. And especially mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, I think yeah. what the pandemic has done where people are more than ever working from home. Therefore, they're merging the two. Mm -hmm would you say is one of the most dangerous traits an entrepreneur can have? Either they're in a mentorship position or they are in a managerial position. What do you, what you have you seen to be a dangerous trait that they have? Well, I, I, I think there are, I think there's more than one dangerous trait, to be honest with you. I think sometimes yeah, as, yeah. <laughs> as entrepreneurs, Especially, I don't know about you, but myself, I used to be someone that I can turn off because I'm so passionate about what I do yeah. that I can't turn off. And that is, you know, dangerous because then that consumes you and that's your life. And it's so great to have that passion and that drive and that hustle. But if that consumes you, where is your marriage? Where is your relationship? Where are, is your family life? you know and it cannot because at the end of the day you know I want my kids to remember me as a mom that was present I want them to remember me as someone that you know loved them for who they are and you know supported their dreams and their talents and not someone that was so busy with getting all the to-do lists that I didn't have time to slow down Yeah. So, you know, what I want them to remember a mother that was peaceful and joyful. So that is true, 
the season, the dream of the season of my life is to really walk in peace and joy in all aspects of my life. And that is my business, my marriage, and, you know, my friendships and my family. I, I agree with you. When we talk about entrepreneurship, I think one of the many reasons, one of the reasons, and correct me if I'm wrong here, one of the many reasons I think um, you find entrepreneurs doing multiple things and sometimes merging everything at once, and which I don't hear enough talk about is the financial part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, What would you say when it comes to finances, especially for women entrepreneurs, and I'm sure any entrepreneur watching this can learn from this as well, what would you recommend or what do you see lacking when it comes to the financial part of it, forcing many entrepreneurs or inspired entrepreneurs to really even get the get started or even to even go on uh, to follow their passion or even their mission? I, you know, that's a great question. I think that it really, when an entrepreneurship, you know, you're having that, when you're having that startup, you know, and that cost you know for, for you to start your own business it can be for some you know you're spending all of your life savings or whatever it may, it may be so I feel like it puts you in a place of sometimes scarcity a mindset of scarcity that you have to really protect this project this business with everything because you have nothing else you know but if you look at you know the you know the millionaires the billionaires and one book I love it's the millionaire mindset they are constantly investing in different things that's you know uh, generating income for them so it's not just one thing that you you know, focus on and give all all your all, because if that doesn't work, then you don't have, you know, what do you have left as opposed to coming from, you know, abundance mindset that, you know what, you know, I am able to create money, you know, you know, money comes easily to me, you know, I, I, you know, like I, you know, create new businesses with ease, you know, changing that mindset from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset, also in entrepreneurship, it's so, it's so needed, you know, because just because you're an entrepreneur does not mean that your mindset is abundant, you know, because sometimes you're so scared of this, you know, that you have, that you don't want anything or anything to get in the way that you don't, you know, open up the doors to other things, you know, you don't open yourself up to do different things that could also, um, you know, benefit you. Now looking inward, what is one of the most important risks that you took either as a mother, as a (laughs) wife or as an entrepreneur? And as I'm listening to your, your life story, I know, I, I mean, I can pinpoint so many different risks that you took, Mm -hmm. um, but from your point of view, what is the most important risk that you took? I think for me, um, and I've reflected on this a lot, and I always say this, it was taking the risk of walking away from dental school and start my network marketing business. I felt like I didn't have that background in you know, business, but I knew deep down that, you know, dentistry was not for me and it's for some, but it was not for me. I truly felt that I was made for more and not to say there's anything wrong with dentistry that, you know, it's not a great profession. I think it is. It's something that, you know, you're passionate about, but I realized that I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I was, I realized I did it for the money aspect, the security, you know, I wanted to be secure in my life, you know, and that when you, I, I guess I wanted to live in, in my comfort zone, 
you know, so the minute I walked out of that comfort zone and I needed to really, you know, step into new shoes and new leadership, that was scary, but it has been the most rewarding because it has truly brought me to the place where I am now. It taught me to really, you know, um, personal develop, you know, I fell in love with personal development and that's really what led me to become a wholeness strategist with the women's school. It has also helped me to you know, help people just get into a healthier lifestyle and also, you know, create a digital income. So there's so many benefits that came from, from, you know, making that choice. But at that time it was so scary. And I think it was, you know, quote unquote, the biggest risk of my life because I felt I didn't have the skills to do it, but I did have the deep, you know, um, just calling that that's what I needed to do. I knew I pictured my life 40 years, you know, doing the nine to five. And I honestly had, you know, physical, just, I guess, you know, rejection. I would have, I started to have hives from stress. I would literally like, you know, just kind of scratch my arm and it was like a cat clawed me because I was under so much stress. And I realized that is not the way I want to live my life, that it's not it's not going to serve me. And therefore, if I'm not coming from a place of wholeness, I'm not coming from a place that it's really I feel like my gifts and talents are being utilized, you know, to the way they should. I can serve my family. I can serve, you know, my community at the end of the day. So that was my risk, but it was the biggest, you know, reward afterwards. I love it. I love it. I love it. I I. So I, I did promise you guys, we're going to go back to that. But one thing you mentioned before, which I love, um, it's just, I know you mentioned about womanhood and how you got to the place you are now. What would you say to anyone in the dating process? I love how you said to put the reminder against the wall. So I wanted you to explain more on that. When it comes to the dating pool and the dating process, how was that process for you? And what would you recommend to anyone um, either wanting to do this as an entrepreneur or maybe they still in a nine to five or maybe they're in the process of merging into an entrepreneurship lifestyle or even motherhood. What yeah. do you recommend for them? Well, I, you know, I was fortunate enough to meet my husband when I was 19. I'm sorry, I was 20 and he was 19. So we went through a lot of life together, you know, and we always joke, they were like, we're so happy we met each other at such a young age and, you know, didn't have to do like the dating app, you know, afterwards. But what I have witnessed and just really walked my friends in this journey has been that A, you have to really have clarity of the man that you want to come into your life I can't stress that enough because I remember at 16 you know this is like what four years before I met Connor Mm -hmm. I was in you know my high school uh you know relationship and I knew like this person was not for me at the end of the day it was not going to be for me and I remember I wrote down and I wish I still had this I wrote down a letter you know and I really just said God you know, this is what I want. And from what I remember, I remember saying, I want a man that, you know, is hardworking. I want a man that loves me for me. I want a man that loves my family and respects my family. I want a man that is fun, spontaneous, and it's always going to keep me on my toes. Like I was literally just, you know, just being very specific of, you know, the traits that I wanted my future spouse to have. And 
I wish I would have had it, you know, up, you know, up, you know, on my refrigerator or, you know, my vanity table, because maybe I would have had, I would have listened to that list and not kiss the frogs that I did <laughs> before I met my husband, you know? So that's you know, something you that- You to kiss the frogs. No, <laughs> you do, you do, you really did, you know? And that's something that, you know, I'll share also with, you know, ha having met so young, we were 19 and 20, right? When we met, we were college sweethearts. And at the end of, you know, of graduating college, we really kind of came to a crossroads and where we actually took a four month break. So for me, in my eyes, I was done. I thought like we were done. We were not getting back together. I kept repeating that Taylor Swift, you know, song, <laughs> like we're never, ever getting back together. That was my anthem in 2012. And um, I remember just, you know, being devastated because the, again, I feel like my, my life goes in parts. The first part of my relationship with Connor, I call it where I was kind of shaping and morphing into the person I thought he wanted. You know, I wanted to be desirable by him as opposed to really honing in of who the person that I am. So, you know, I, you know, anything that bothered me, I didn't speak up. I kind of was just like, a, you know, I just kind of went along with the ride, but not really, I didn't hold him accountable. You know, and that's where, you know, I felt like we had, you know, our issues and, and, you know, like that we had to resolve and really just heal. So when we took that four month break, yeah. we really needed to just reflect and see, is this the person that, you know, I want in my life, you know, and I truly, again, it's about detachment. So at that point, I felt, nope, like if, if we're breaking up, this is it. Like I have to really detach myself and know. And I, I remember praying and saying, God, if, they, if this man is for me, you know, give me a sign. If he's not for me, please take him out of my heart. Like I, because when we broke up, I was devastated. Mm -hmm. I literally thought like, I, I, like I had no, I, it was like COVID. I had no taste for food. <laughs> It was devastating. I literally felt like I saw the world in black and white. And that made me realize I cannot put my everything in a man because, you know, that's not what we're being called for. This man is, if man is not my everything. And I can say this, and I've talked about Connor, let, let's say one of my biggest fears, you know, used to be that like god forbid something happens to him and i am left a widow what would happen and and that is still something you know a fear that i have like losing my family my loved ones but i realized if that were to happen i would be okay because i have you know worked on myself and i know that in the day i have god and i'm not alone so i really needed to really prioritize that time and that develop my relationship with the lord to really be able to know that, you know, my spouse is not the person that is going to fulfill me. But instead, God, we have a God-like whole. And that is the fulfillment that we need. We need to have foster the relationship with the Lord and really walk with him and, and you know, accept his guidance and will to really, you know, and sometimes he knows better. And I think that sometimes in our generation, we're like, no, I know best. And it's like, no, sometimes we don't know best. And we really have to trust the Lord that he knows and that he's a good father and that, you know, he's there for us. So for me, that was something that I needed to learn. I needed to learn that A, need to know my dignity and self-worth. 
that I can't just say yes to whatever he says. I needed to have my own voice and my own opinions. Um, and sometimes I feel like at a young age, you tend to go with what, you know, that person wants and you try to change yourself and shift yourself into that person. But guess what? That's not who you are. So you're going to come into struggles and, you know, um, issues that, you know, need to be addressed later on. So first thing, it's like, you know, know who you are, know your dignity and your worth. The second is really foster that relationship with the Lord. You know, know that the person that you marry, the person that you choose to marry is not going to fulfill you, you know, and that knowing that it kind of just takes off the pressure because I know that, you know, I am not the person that's going to fulfill Connor, that I am allowed to make mistakes because I'm a human being and he's allowed to make mistakes because he's a human being. Because if I put him in a pedestal and that he is this like my knight in shining armor coming to my rescue, no, we already have a savior. That's Jesus Christ, you know, (laughs) that, you know, that's, and that sometimes we can do that as women. We idolize, we get the Hollywood, like this person completes me and this person, this and that. And I think that just really paints a distorted picture of what marriage is like, you know, in a relationship, because then you're comparing and saying, well, the, he doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I would recommend, you know, like self-help books in, in, in that arena. So two books that I'll mention that I love, it's um, the, um, the five love languages. That is really, yes, I love that. So I did, I feel like I've done a lot of just, you know, relationships because I needed to learn relationships. I didn't, I didn't have a role model. I didn't have role model parents to really teach me that. So I needed to just really learn. So the five love languages, learning, you know, the way that, you know, my spouse gives and receives loves and the way that I do. So, you know, and then also um, the temperament that God gave your spouse, you know, and all, and so you there you learn the temperament that you have you know how you know what is your temperament are you the extrovert introverted and where where is your husband and how the ways that you guys can really understand each other and love each other and have a life-giving marriage so those are two books that are off the bat that i will recommend that i think every single person you know single married or a mother should should read because it is just so it just paints a bigger picture into you know uh, building a you know a family you know building a family that's going to be life-giving and just beautiful marriages I love it I love it and the reason I love that story and especially the part where you you wrote down what you needed and it's almost like this prayer to God is mm-hmm. when we have a business when as mm-hmm. a entrepreneur we're talking about even Apple or Sonic or even any type of business they all have a mission statement yeah and business we plans do. we and it's like it's almost like the core foundation of who they are of what that business now if you go back to apple their business mission statement has transformed been updated has been revamped and um changed over the years and the reason i love what you said about writing it down is we should have our own mission statement our own prayer to god not only say it Mm-hmm. But also writing it down I'm like oh my god I should have yeah. been that yeah um but I love it I love it so to anyone listening I think it's such a great concept a great foundation especially when you're looking for this perfect mate you're looking mm-hmm. for um this husband or mm-hmm. perfect relationship and I couldn't have agreed with you more I think it's such a great concept 
write it down. Yeah, write it down. And, and to add on that, I think there should be mission statements for when you're single, you know, when you are, while, you know, you're engaged or, you know, married and also the mission statement for your family. So I truly believe it has to be three because like you said, companies evolve. So just like ourselves, we evolve. So we need to have mission statements or dreams, you know, for each season of life. So what is your dream right now currently as a single woman? You know, what is your dream as a married woman? What is your dream as a mother? You know, and write those mission statements so we have clarity into where we want to go you know be without without those statements without those business plans there is you know we don't know which way to go you know so we need those tracks to kind of run on in order to get to the end goal yeah like for me when i had to start um empire i remember the first thing i did i said let me write a mission statement and then when i finally got everything done i'm like uh oh our mission statement has to change again <laughs> so many times so i yeah. as you said we evolve and mm -hmm. as we all don't be afraid to write it down and then look back of where you started and where you are now and i love how you said when you were mother when you were single and when you married those are three different phases characteristics and phases mm -hmm. of your life and i think you should definitely write it down so with yeah. that being said how do you now maintain your mission with your vision? And I'm sure it has transformed, but how have you maintained that foundation and really align your mission with your vision? So I truly, I mean, from an early age, I always felt that, you know, calling to help others. You know, I've, you know, that's why I feel I walked in the healthcare space because I wanted to be of service. I wanted to use my gifts and talents to help, to help people. And, um, you know, so my current for this season of my life, you know, is to really help women, you know, have an integrated life home and work balance you know because oftentimes you know like you said as entrepreneurs or as you know women um you know ceos or nine to five work that um, it's hard to find that balance in a way but what if we could have you know a school which is the woman's school somewhere where you can have that integration and really learn their skill sets. So for me, my heart and mission is for that entrepreneur woman who is wanting to find that peace, have a thriving business, have a thriving family and have a thri you know, thriving marriage. So those are the three things, you know, the kind of the trifecta that my mission is, you know, um, and my vision is to really like as a, as a large scale is to, you know, help, you know, our current generation, you know, be that become the better version of ourselves as women, so we can make that generational shift. So our daughters, I mean, I think about my little, my two little girls, my Juliet and Gabriella, I want them to know, you know, that, you know, no, there, no dream is too big. I want them to just dream so openly. I want them to know, you know, how much their love, that their, their dignity and their self-worth, you know, I want them to know that they're daughters of God. You know, I, I want the world for them. And therefore I need to make that shift in myself in order for me to give that, you know, if I don't come from a place of wholeness, I can give wholeness to my daughter. So um, I truly, I mean, I love being a, a, a you know, a mama, you know, a, ma a girl mamas, you know, we call it, uh, because I truly feel like my heart is for women. My heart is for making that generational shift. And I truly feel like, you know, we're, 
I'm in the mission to, you know, build that army of women that are wanting to make that difference or wanting to make that change. I love that. Circle. You know, I, I have a lot of acquaintances, but when it comes to my close circle of friends, I, I, I make sure that, you know, the women that I have in my life are, you know, again, having that mission statement for my friends, you know, who do I want as my friends, you know, are these women, you know, uh, life-giving, are they supportive or are they, you know, catty and jealous, you know, I don't want that in my life, so...